Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Diggs. G-I-G-G-S. No. Rodri. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you at? Stop in I respect your opinion. Maybe in your opinion, Messi is better than me. But in my mind, I'm better than him. Guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to patreon.com slash ace podcast nation, the home, the only place to watch Rodri Gigs on football live. Of course, you can download the audio version everywhere via the Sports Social Podcast Network. And uh, as we just wait for some latecomers, please do check out my uh, recent episode of My Story where I featured uh, Cardiff City first team coach, of course, uh, former Cardiff City captain, Huddersfield manager among other things, Mr. Mark Hudson. Really interesting episode. Talked about his life, his career, including uh, some some of the work he's done with mental health and stuff like that. Uh, the effect of his sister-in-law's uh, tragic suicide as well on uh, his early part of his Cardiff career. So uh, it's a really in-depth chat, really interesting chat. And uh, it's, it's highly recommended, I've got to say. And next week, we've got an absolute blockbuster for a former world champion boxer on. So uh, lots of guests coming thick and fast. Spread the word, all that good stuff. And, of course, check out the uh, the new merch, which uh, I dropped uh, some links to earlier on. Please do check out that. Helps the channel a lot. While, uh, while we wait for the, the latecomers, let's talk about the, uh, the Charity Super 6 Prediction League that we obviously support. We get involved in a uh, little update for that and how it's been going. Uh, Matthew Williams won this round, scoring a good solid 12 points. But after three good rounds, Michael Evans is leading overall table on 32 points. In terms of celebrities, Lee Jarman, uh, former Cardiff City defender, was the, uh, the highest scoring celebrity this week on 12 points. But uh, what we all want to know is how the uh, myself versus Rodri is going. Um, Rodri is like last month, last year really, 
he's missed the first five weeks. But this year, he's actually done it, but he still has just may as well have not bothered. He's having a nightmare. But I'm going to ask you something, Rod, now, mate, right? Uh, towards the end of last week's show, when we were just talking about like the Liverpool United game, you said, I can't, I don't know if you gave it as your prediction, but during the conversation, you said 2 1 United. Did you put that as your prediction? No, I put 2 all. Ah, oh, nightmare. Mm. So that would have bumped you up. But uh, yeah, you're, you're stuck on. You scored two points last week. I scored. I only scored seven yeah, again. So you, you knew the answer to that question, didn't you? I did, yeah. I just yeah. wanted to make you say it. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so you predicted it when we talked about it and then yeah. didn't do it. Should have, See, we should have done what the uh, people were asking and do our Super 6 predictions as well, we, uh, as we the, are finishing the, the show. Given the, given the people out there the predictions, so they would have gone with it. So you're welcome. Yeah, there you go. That, you know, I'm sure the person who won the round... Uh, it was it Michael. I'm sure he picked that spot on. Sure easy, easy work. Sure um, look, mate, we may as well start there. Obviously, um, one of the biggest stories this week, um, everybody and their dog was expecting Liverpool to kind of win, I think, handsomely. Even though Liverpool haven't started the best this year, the way United have played in recent times, but particularly the first two games, I think most people assumed Liverpool were going to pretty comfortably win. Um, it was not the case. Um, I thought particularly the first sort of hour or so, United just outfought them, outplayed them. Um, but it wasn't just a case of like, you know, passion and bluster and aggression and they kind of fudged their way through. The, the Sancho goal was superb. The uh, the football they played was superb. Suddenly Rashford and Martial remembered or were actually quite good at football. But they've got to do it on... You know, they got to do it against the likes of whoever, Palace, Leicester, you know, whoever. They cannot just turn up for the big games. So it'll be interesting, the response. <laughs> Obviously, Casemiro came in as well. Um, but talk to me about the game, first of all, because um, it was a bit of an interesting one. Yeah, it was obviously a, a good start. They've um, set and bout them early and um, put them under pressure early. And then really Liverpool didn't, didn't really recover first half. Obviously, United scored as well. Which you need to do when you're on top, and um, yeah, it was a good result. You start crackling again, and you know, every time I start talking, you start messing about with foot stuff. Yeah, I put it down. Um, so yeah, it was, it was everyone. Everyone was 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 really good. Uh, Varane did work, a good partnership with Martinez. I told you about the left back. We know about him. Um, Dalot, he looked like he was up for it as well, throwing himself in. Into tackles, and then you've got the midfield with McTominay. We, we didn't really see him, but didn't really make mistakes, just did his job. Ericsson, Fernandez was excellent, and then obviously that started with Sancho, Rashford, and Alanga up front. You Alanga know, could have scored early, but he should have scored early. It was an easy chance. All you've got to do is lift it over the keeper. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good win and a good performance. You haven't seen you know, the crowd, the an atmosphere like Old Trafford when they get up. and and they get at people. That's what it's like. So they've tasted a bit of it now. They can do it. And um, yeah, it's all about consistency now. You know, no disrespect, no disrespect. But it's not Cardiff. You know, when I mean, you can play good it and then have a few few days off. This is uh, United where you've got to be consistent every every week. So let's see if they can do it. Like you said, see if they can do it against the the so called minnow side, Southampton. So they've got 
coming up. And um, yeah, we'll see how we go. But no, 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 getting overexcited. It's one game. It's only three points. Um, but it's a good start. It's it's a good start. There'll be obviously dips. It's a good thing that Casemiro's come in. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if he starts. I'm pretty sure he will because he's match fit. He's ready to go. Um, that'll give people a, a buzz in the team um, who, could, who could come out, who played on the weekend. I mean, on, on Monday, probably McTominay. You'll probably see him come out if anyone's going to come out. But we'll have to wait and see. Maybe he, want, he might want to go with Fred and Casemiro. Um, yeah, but yeah, interesting because obviously you've got the Brazilian connection. I think they played together for Brazil, didn't they? Yeah. But like, I thought um, United's performance also coincided with Bruno Fernandes and Eriksson having their best games in in a while. Certainly, competitive games. Like I thought, Eriksson was really, really good. Uh, I thought Fernandes, apart from when he nearly scored an own goal, didn't really put a foot wrong. And he's got. Um, I find it interesting that he was the captain. Well, he lost the ball and and they, and they got a chance yeah. on the on the edge of the box, dilly dally and messing about, and, mm. and they stole it off him and they could have scored from that in the first half. But yeah, he's a different player when Ronaldo's not playing. I don't know why. Just uh, the stats say everything. When he when he's when he plays and he does when Ronaldo plays with him, he's totally different. His goals, his assists, which is strange. It's got to be like, um, it's, I, I think it's got to be like a, not an intimidation factor, but like, you know, they're both Portuguese. Ronaldo is a god, isn't he, in Portugal? Like, you know, he's a god when it comes to football um, anyway, but like particularly in Portugal, everybody worships the ground. So it's, the only thing I can think is that he goes into his shell a little bit, maybe second, you know, kind of overthink stuff a bit because as soon as Ronaldo's not in that side like you say what I like from Fernandez is that he you can see he genuinely cares like he's aggressive and he yeah. and he even takes when Marshall come on at half time he freshened it up he looked dangerous and um, yeah Rashford went on and scored and yeah it was a good performance like I said a good performance you knew Liverpool was going to come back and then he got a goal and made it a little bit nervy but United seen it out pretty well to be fair and um yeah, it was a good performance and a, and a surprise to everyone, I imagine. But like you said, Liverpool haven't started great. So if you probably looked at it at a, wide, a, a broader stance, a wider stance, you, you probably may, well, you know, United, if they, if they do turn up, which they did, you know, Liverpool aren't firing out North Cylinders at the minute, even though they beat City in the Charity Shield, but that was three weeks ago. Mm. It seemed to, you know, looking at the midfield, it was old. Uh, who was in the midfield? It was Henderson. Um, the other one, uh, James Milner, when I was in there, and, James Milner, and was it Fabinho? Yeah, they so just it wasn't arguing amongst wasn't themselves. It, and yeah, well, no, that was that was that was Milner showing his authority, which he was rightly to do because Van Dyke Van was just standing off him. But you look at it, he's five six yards off, he could have closed him down. Um, but he's doing nothing there, five yards mm. away, he's just getting the keeper's way, to be honest. And he, he started a bit laxadaisy, same with Trent. They just have that demeanour about them, like, you know, they, they, they've done it, they, they, they're there. And you just can't have that kind of attitude. You've got to have, like, you know, as soon as you've you've, you've won something, you, you know, the next, as soon as you've you've celebrated, it's ne- on to the next time. That's that's gone. And, you, you know, it's a new season It's an, and you've got to go again. You know, kind of like Tom Brady uh, attitude. What's his favourite one? The next, the next one. So, 
yeah, it's kind of that kind of attitude. I don't see that with Liverpool. I see, you know, I see it with City now. I see it with Hungary. They've just won the league twice. They want to go for that third. So they're in the Hungary. You see that with them, but you don't see it with Liverpool at the minute. Yeah, I think um, the Premier League as well has changed probably in the last five or ten years, whereby years ago there was probably a handful of teams where the, the top four or five could just go, turn up, make a couple of changes, and nine times out of ten they'd win comfortably. Like, if you're not at it, every game in the Premier League now, it's a bit like the Championship, if you're not at it, Teams like Palace and Brentford and um, Everton and you know, whoever, they'll take points off you, home or away. West Ham, Brighton. Well, you know, City, you know, City drew on the weekend, didn't they? Like, these teams will take points off you if you don't turn up. Um, I was just, I was shocked that, particularly the way Liverpool have played against United in the last couple of seasons, I just thought, even though Liverpool had had a poor couple of games, you just couldn't see the drastic change from how United had played for the last year or two, plus their opening games. And you just felt like eventually Liverpool will get it together. I think playing him in pre-season, such, you know, it was only like three or four weeks ago and beating yeah. him you know, solidly 4-0, that probably helped as well. You know, a bit Psychologically of removed a bit of fear, yeah, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we say it's only pre-season, but in their minds, you know, they've just game, come up, yeah, they come up against them. They're thinking, you know what? They're not that good. These, mm. and they've set about them and started well. And and you know, you've got to give the manager credit as well. Leaving out Maguire, leaving out Shaw, leaving out Ronaldo, which Big was Charles. which was the right decision. And you can only see them three leaving now. You know, Shaw's been there eight eight years. Uh, Maguire, he's too slow. That high press, just too slow. Uh, but they probably might keep him if if it's anyone else. Ronaldo, I don't see. I just don't see it. I don't see it now. He, he may stay, but I just don't see it. My um, if I was a United fan, my worry with um, the defense. If you let Maguire go, you know his problems are well publicised. But Var- Varane isn't going to play thirty-five. No, days. no, Bayi looks like he's going out on loan. Um, and then and it leaves you short, I think, doesn't that'll it? That'll leave us Lindelof, yeah. Like, I, I actually don't think Lindelof's that bad. I think, um, yeah. in many ways, I prefer him to Maguire, but I um, think, but I think they're very similar, then that's the problem. Mm, I've got a feeling Maguire might go to Chelsea, I have because I, I think Leicester I've are got, holding. I've got a feeling Ronaldo's going to Chelsea, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised with that either. Mm. It, too short's the only manager who hasn't, like, all the other managers, like Barcelona, Atletico. Either the managers or the chairman. Just if they don't, like, if they don't get anyone, if they don't get a banging, I just think last minute. Let's try Ronaldo. Let's let's test the waters. Boom, mm. and then it's done without like, just like that in like twelve hours. But then United have looked at uh, been linked with a couple of Chelsea players like Pulisic and that. I just if they sign uh, Anthony, uh, I, don't I don't think they yeah. need Pulisic. No, so it's like uh, why would make sense. Someone, why would you want Chelsea some some Chelsea bench? Yeah. Oh, on the subject of benches, that's what I was going to say. Um, the one thing which stuck out for me for against Liverpool or for Liverpool in the United game was Liverpool's bench. Yeah, there but mate, nothing look, on if, it. If you look at their injury list, it's it's a big one. Yeah, so it's a big one, and and the, the new signings obviously suspending the games. They've got Thiago, uh, yeah, Keita, um, 
uh, Matip. There's there's, a, there's loads that, that are injured. Absolutely. All their youth, like their younger midfielders, are out, and they like the legs basically, you know. Yeah, well, well, we've got Elliot, but you know he's he's not the biggest. He was, he was all right actually. He was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it'd be good experience for him. He, he's a decent player, and it's a shame that he had that bad injury last year. Mm. Um, in terms of the next game, like you said about Casemiro might come in for McTominay, they got a few options that like they could pair up. Casemiro and Fred because they play together for Brazil but then you could also have obviously you've got Varane, Casemiro and Ronaldo all play together before down the spine in the team there's a lot of options however out of the strikers who didn't start I think Martial was probably the one who was you know he, I thought he made a case to maybe be in that starting lineup although I think the front three or four will probably well it's, not, it's always good to have good competition because if you've got a good competition then you, you, you're doing well so that's what it should be all about you know when we've mm. always done well it's always been healthy healthy competition in every position so everyone's firing so probably harder games are probably in training so that's what that's what you, that's that's probably what the, uh, the manager's tra- striving to get to a squad where you could field out two 11s and, and do well, like bit like Dot City have got now, yeah. Or probably yeah. last last year that have last year City because they've got rid of a few players, but they've, they've gained some too as well. It's um, it's going to be interesting how he manages a few of those situations because I think if I think Maguire. he won't mind being dropped for one, you know, he won't like it, but he'll be all right with being dropped for one game. But if he's like, you know, it comes to say October now, and he's and he's barely played, he is not going to be happy. No, and I, then understand, it's gonna be I like... understand that. I understand that. But if the team are doing well and winning, it's healthy competition. And he says, if someone gets injured and you come in, then you that that's your spot. So it's we'll cap in it in November, though. That's the problem, it'd be, uh, mate. I don't think it'd be November. Plus, he'll play games, European games, cup games, so. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that'll happen. So he'll still, Martial, get, he'll still get games. And he, and he didn't play really last year and he still went with, with England. Yeah. So He's one of the favourites, isn't he? Um, for yeah, Southgate, it's a, but it's a problem for Southgate, though. Phillips not playing, uh, Maguire not playing, Stone's not playing um, really well. Because um, they've got a tough group, England. He's not been playing, pardon? They've got quite a tough group. Like, like you know, you'd expect them to qualify from it, but it's not an easy group. In Wales, England. Wales, Iran, U- England, America. USA and Iran. Like The, the, the good thing is the, the, the Wales game is the last one. So by yeah. then, hopefully, you know, we, we've, we've got enough points. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's going to be interesting, mate. Just, uh, like United seem as if they're going to sign Anthony from Ajax, um, who's obviously a very talented attacking Winger, striker, whatever. Um, I actually like he, he. By all accounts, everything I've seen of him, he looks exceptional. He's obviously very young, but I also like. I don't necessarily think he's the type of striker that they need, but I also, if I was, you know, the board or whoever or the fans, I would also trust Ten Hag. He knows him very well from Ajax. He knows what he's looking to achieve with the way he's playing. So if that's who he thinks is the best again, side, again, again, mate, healthy competition. Who can play on the left and the right? So you need Rashford, you need, Rashford three, Martial. So you, so you need, so you need four really who what who can do it. You've got the young kid who's coming through in Acho. He's he's he's, he's he's one for the future. Alanga, Sancho, and Rashford. So you'd say three, Martial. 
Martial doesn't really want to play there, does he? He can play there. Yeah. But he, he wants to play centre-forward. So, you just keep him there instead of putting round pegs in square holes. Yeah. Square pegs in round holes. Dylan, uh, I think they'll probably... Sound got, this is what I'm well. talking about, healthy competition. If you've got four players all going for the same... Or two players going for the same position, you know, you get injured, you come out, he goes in and does well, then, no, you've got to wait for your chance again. That's what yeah. it's all about. That's what all United teams have done well when they've had healthy competition and strong squads. Yeah, that's what you've got to build. And you've got to build... Uh, I thought the decisions that Ten Hag made, big decisions, dropping Maguire and Ronaldo particularly, that sent a message to the whole squad that if you ain't doing it, it doesn't matter who you are, you ain't going to play. And I thought that is exactly what he needed. Obviously, it helps that they then followed that big decision with a great performance. Like, if they'd got dicked, everyone's saying, well, why didn't Maguire and Ronaldo play? Yeah, but well, that's, 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 the, that's the risk you take as a manager. And, and he's obviously worked on it. He probably had nine days to work on it, which he did. Um, all all well, at least seven days. Mm. So uh, they would have knew who was playing or what 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 they were doing or what 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 he wanted to do. And again, you know that now it's, it's very difficult for the manager to drop any of them players because it was such a good performance. But when you bring someone in for seventy million pound, you yeah, expect to go. Bad. You expect to go straight in, yeah. So I would expect McTominay to come out. Yeah, I think so. Um, it'll be interesting as well who they bring in now to close, just to finish off on United. Who they bring, it looks like they're bringing Anthony. I think they'll bring in a keeper to challenge uh, De Gea and Heaton. It'll probably be, a, by looks like it'll be like some sort of you know a second choice keeper. I tell you, it would have been a good shout for him is Wayne Hennessy as a backup keeper. But I think now it'll be well. Tommy you know, so, there as well. Yeah, I like Tommy and but. I think he'd have been a good shout. Um, but it looks like they were linked with the Newcastle number three today, who I know, and I saw loads of people saying, oh, why are they being linked with Newcastle's number three, blah, blah, blah. But actually, he was Newcastle's number one, and then they brought in Pope and someone else. I don't know if it's a youth keeper. It's like he's fallen down the pecking order very recently. So it's not like he's been, you know, sat there number three yeah, for, number three for the last year. couple of years. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's basically they want to do to him what Dalot did to and what um, the other one they've let go now, recent Tellers did to Luke Shaw a couple of years ago. Is It's not necessarily that they want another keeper to play in place of De Gea, but they want another keeper there who, in De Gea's head, it's like, right, if I don't, you know, concentrate and put these performances in. There's someone here who's going to take my place. I think it's like a psychological thing. Should you need that as a professional? Probably not. But if you're sat there and you're David De Gea and your only competition is Tom Heaton, I love Tom Heaton, but De Gea is going to play ahead of him, isn't he? Every time he knows that. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows that. So yeah. it's well, difficult. Unless he has a few stinkers like he did last week. Wow. That was it. That was it. Um, but it, it, that doesn't happen. World class keepers, they make, very, very, very rarely, rarely make them this kind of mistakes. When you're a keeper, mate, you make a mistake as a goal. Yeah. When you're a defender, you give the ball away, or Fernandez gives the ball away on the edge of his own box. You get away with it. Keepers don't. And I think sometimes people no, focus in the dressing room, too much on those errors. And as players in a dressing room, you understand that. 
you know, the keepers, if the keeper makes a mistake, it ultimately is going to cost you. Yeah. But, um, you know, through the season, you know, ultimately then the keeper saves more than, than, he, than you know, yeah. he puts in. Well, as we know, mate, football fans have got a short memory, haven't they? Like, De Gea has been man of, uh, player of the year for how many years in a row? Like, for over the last probably five, six years. Yeah, most exactly. And then, yeah, his, his brain's all over the gaff and it, it compounds it by making his second mistake by playing to Ericsson with under pressure. So, yeah, it's just, you learn from it. You know, you never stop learning, even though he's an experienced keeper and he's, and he's got, you know, how many players of the seasons. We don't, don't stop learn, never stop learning, especially in football. No, I said, mate. Um, so, some uh, interesting results, mate, last weekend. Um, you had Leeds beat Chelsea comfortably at home, 3 0. You had Brighton beat West Ham at West Ham. Newcastle drew with Man City, 3 all. And we say about like there's no easy games. It's not a cliche, is it? Like, there is no, if you're not at it, you lose. Fulham beat Brentford. Palace comfortably beat Villa. Southampton beat Leicester. Um, you know, Arsenal walked all over Bournemouth. Actually, Arsenal and Tottenham at the moment are the only two teams, I think, on 100% records. They're just sort of quietly chugging along. But um, start with Newcastle game, mate, against Man City. Like, I know at the start of the season, we talked about Newcastle. You thought they'd have quite a good season. I wasn't sure because I didn't know if they'd brought in enough, you know, real quality. But they have, uh, they've made a very good start. You were yeah, yeah. It's that's it's a very difficult. I've been there. It's it's a very loud and very difficult place to play. Once the crowds up, that they, they they get they get behind them, and and once Newcastle are on top, it's like a wave just keeps on coming. It's coming, and uh, they have really experienced that in many grounds. So it's a difficult place to go. Plus, they've they've got some quality now, and they've got a good coach. So. Yeah, and they're only going to get better. They're only going to bring bit bigger and better players in. Um, but they've got experienced players as well, like Trippier coming in, um, scoring fantastic goals as well. But you know, it's a shame they couldn't couldn't hold out. But you know, City just come out of nowhere, being three one down, thinking, you know, Newcastle's going to walk this, and then they just come out of nowhere and it's three three. So yeah, you can never count a, a good, really top elite team like City down. Especially when the two goals down. That's it, mate. Who do you think? Um, do you think Newcastle can hold, like, you know, really compete this year, or do you think you know they'll fade away eventually? Uh, it's I just think, a case I think, of whether no, they can. No, I think they can. I think uh, they can because if they're up there, uh, like around five or six, they can just go again and spend another hundred and fifty quid, hundred and fifty mil. They have that. They have that. They have, but, but they have that power if they're up there. You know, let's go for it. Let's let's strengthen, get another two or three quality players in. You know, and then so yeah, hundred percent they could. It's going to be difficult because it's it's looking strong at the minute with um, with Chelsea only going to get stronger. United obviously going to get stronger. Liverpool and City where where they're at, and then you look at Arsenal and Tottenham. You know, they're definitely Champions League spots for me this year. The way they've started and, and the way they look. Arteta, I like the, the program all or nothing. I've seen a little insight of him, and I like it. And he's only strengthened with better players: Jesus, Kachenko, uh, the new captain, stuck chipping in with goals now as well. So, what's going on with Chelsea, mate? Um, like, I look, at their, squad, I look at their squad, mate, and their squad is good, full of young quality players. Like, what is the problem there? 
No, it's, it's just having saying having some great parts. So you've got a great um, motor car and you build it all up, but you haven't got a steering wheel. So everything's brand new, everything looks good and everything, but you haven't got a steering wheel. You haven't got a focus point like a centre forward. Um, yeah, it's, it's massive. And thinking Lukaku would solve that problem, he didn't. So that's why I think, you know, last minute, will they t- try their arm with Ronaldo? Or if Abangyang, if they don't get him? Do you know, I, I wonder whether they made a mistake letting the that striker go, um, I forget his name now, T- uh, T- Werner. Whether T- they let T- him Yeah, just because, or letting him go before they got another striker in. Because they played Havertz yeah, and it's, Sterling up front against Leeds, and Sterling looked lost, and Havertz because he's not Sterling's not an out and out striker for for a start, and Havertz just doesn't seem to score some that weird, many goals. He made some weird decisions. You know, Loftus Cheek's playing right wing back. Yeah, I know. You know, you've probably got the best right back in the league, and you played him out of position. It just doesn't make sense to me that when you play, got best when you got best players in that position, you play them in that position. That's where you reap rewards. He scored goals, he creates assists. But again, again, I'm saying, who's he crossing it to? Sterling, he's three foot. So, like, you look at their team. So, they're starting their outfield players. They've got Thiago Silva, obviously, you know, getting on a bit, but is an experienced, good, strong centre back. But alongside him, he's got James and Koulibaly. Now, I wouldn't have James there myself. I'd have had James out wide as a full back, and I'd have. You know, I think Koulibaly's up there with some of the, one of the best central defenders in Europe. Yeah. Um, and then they've got the boy they signed from Brighton out wide on one side. Good player. They've got Loftus-Cheek on the right wing back, which makes no sense to me because it feel, felt like they were trying to... The boy's, the boy's name, what's his name then, the left back? Um, so you've got Robbie, obviously, uh, Robbie James, for sake. You've got James Avenue who can play there. And then you've got Chilwell. Um, yeah. Uh, as Capaletta, I can never say his name. As Capaletta, you've done that on purpose, it's what. Um, and terrible with names, so bad that it's unreal. What's his name? You know, the one, <laughs> the Spanish lad. Uh, as Kip, as Pil Cueta, <laughs> there we go. As Pil Cueta, there we go. Oh, my word, like my geography on fire. But, like, I would rather if I'm picking that side. Um, first and foremost, I would have probably James at right back, a right wing back, and then I'd even look at Chilwell and Azkapata. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm looking at people maybe who they got like centre back wise. So you've got Chalabar and play there. You've got, um, I mean, he's that Spanish lad has played centre back in a three yeah. before as well, and he's done quite well. Yeah, Ampadu's done a job at centre back for Wales. I just think you've got to play. You you mentioned it. You know, they've lost Christiansen and, and Rudiger, aren't they? Yeah, but it's round pegs in round holes, isn't it? So yeah. you said it a minute ago with United. Just because James is the the better player doesn't mean he's the better centre back choice Correct. for a three. When they've where got is, better is, choices, his exact position, he is one of the best, no yes. doubt. He's certainly better than Loftus-Cheek there. Oh, yeah, 100%. And Loftus-Cheek um, is a better midfielder. You're not a right... Yeah, it's just all wrong. It feels like they tried to... They wanted to get um, Gallagher in 
and they wanted to get Mount in and they want to get Juninho in there, Jorginho in there. So they've got those three, which and Loftus Cheek, they want all four to play. And it's like they've tried to force it, whereas maybe they needed to drop either Gallagher or Loftus Cheek and play, you know, players in their right positions. Like Sterling, I know they're playing three at the back, but they've got to find a better better way to play Sterling. You cannot play Sterling up front. You can't because, like you said, he's not going to win headers. The formation that they play doesn't really allow for like that running in behind the centre-backs or down the channels and stuff like that. And I think he gets where he was trying to then drop deep into like a number 10 area. It gets a bit clogged because you've got um, Mason Mount Gallagher and Loftus-Cheek cutting in. So you've got all those players trying to go into the position which Raheem Sterling is trying to drop into. And it just, I don't know, it just looked a bit But I mean, it's defenders don't, don't, you know, they haven't got that vocal point. There's no one to create that space for him either. It just becomes so difficult because they don't know how to defend it. So, yeah, it's, they, they need to fix it because it's an, it's an issue. Especially yeah, the, I mean, sides, the bigger sides. And Leeds aren't really a, a top, top side. So, yeah, we definitely to get hammered like that 3-0. Yeah, look... Um, as much as I'm not no Leeds fan, like you got to give them. If United come away from there getting beat three nil, bigger headlines than Chelsea have got. Yeah, yeah, the hundred percent mate. Look, Chelsea uh, Leeds have made some very clever signings um, over the last season or two, and they they've got like a set formation. They play two holders, and they got the three behind the, the one striker, and it's starting to they're starting to see the fruition of playing. There's pretty much the same team week in, week out. So you're getting players like Daniel James hitting a bit of form. Jack Harrison has been superb now for probably 18 months. So, you know, as much as Chelsea should be beating Leeds, Leeds is a difficult place to go. And Leeds deserve credit for building a side. Same same, um, deal, like I said, about Newcastle, uh, St. James Park. Ellen Rhodes are uh, a very, very... Noisy ground as well. These old, these old type grounds. They hold the noise. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's a, it's a noisy ground that one, and it was a, a scary one as well. But yeah, when they're up there, and like you said, they've played together a long time now. Chelsea are all over the place. Uh, it could, yeah, it could easily happen there. You're right. Do West Ham need to be worried, mate? They lost two 0 to Brighton. Well, what it is now because they've done so well last year. You know, teams are really tuned in when when they're, they're, they're turning up, so they're, they're treating them as a top six side, and you know they're getting the attention that they deserve from last year. So, you know, that's all about you know you from your own success. So, it's just difficult to keep it keep a go at to saying you know once you've gone the league's done, once you've won league's done and you've done well, it's done to the next season. Last season's gone. And it looks like some of these players are still in last year. Yeah, I just, for my West Ham friends, I just hope West, uh, the owners, don't panic. Take a leaf out of what well, Arsenal... Well, they've made some signings, though, haven't they? Yeah, they've signed some really good players. But, like, look at what Arsenal did last year. They were bottom of the league after four games, five games, and they looked appalling. But they, as the season went, they got it together. They had a strong finish. And look at them now, they're flying. Like West Ham's owners need to take a step back and just remember that there's three games played, you know, yeah. because 
you know, they have conceded goals and they're not doing particularly well. They look a bit disjointed and they look tired. Maybe the Europa League is not helping, but they've got to, they've got to be patient. David Moyes has proven that if you stick with him, he'll get a tune out of the players. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's what, You can't panic there. With an experienced manager like that, he's done so well. Yeah, there'll be no panic yeah, there yet. Maybe they'll review it 10 games and see where they're at. Yeah, but, yeah you know, they're still bottom yeah. of the league. Yeah, in two, in two weeks, they could have easily four, six points. So, yeah, you just got you just got to look at it after 10 games, not three. But they've got... Um, and their next three games are Villa away, West uh, Tottenham home, and Chelsea away. So, like, uh, Villa aren't played at stump of the bunny trees. Tottenham have, have played well, and Chelsea aren't, aren't doing great either. So, it's the same thing that we just talked about when, you, when Liverpool just turn up. Yes, Liverpool, the great Liverpool at the side, them, but if you actually look at it, the season, they've drawn, drawn both games, and really in the first one, they should have got beat. Yeah. Um, Outside of the kind of the traditional big teams, anyone sticking out for you, like impressing you? Brighton, I think, are doing a phenomenal job considering they lost a couple of really not, big players. Are not a big team anymore? Are they outside? They're no, they're, they're, not, they're not a big team, are they? Yeah, yeah. So they, they've surprised me, yeah. Um, Brighton lost a couple of big players in the summer and looks, you know... Mate, again, again we'll go back to when a, te- when a, a, a team or a squad have been together... For a, for a few years, you know how one e- each other plays. It's a lot easier. You can make the run thinking, you know what, I'm going to make that run because I know he can pass it. All that kind of stuff, when you know when you get to know players, it's it's so helpful. And um, yeah, only experienced it two or three times in the career, but it's it's when you've been together and you've been in a team, you you play with the same players. It was so hard in non league because there was so many come, players coming in and out, in and out. But when you did get a team that you played together, it was just so easier. Um, a team which is really interesting me at the moment is Forest. Um, I know I said at the start of the season I thought they were going to do quite well because I thought they'd made some very clever signings. Like um, they played a reserve team in the uh, whatever it's called now, Carling Cup, Milk Cup, whatever. Last night they beat Grimsby three 0 easy. But there was a few players who looked really good. The Kiati at the back, Hennessy. Um, but the boy Sam Sam Surridge up front, I think his name is, uh, scored a couple of goals. Looks really tidy. But it's um, I think they've won one, drawn one, and lost one in the league. They need to find a bit of consistency. But like when you look at the the performance they had against, they drew with Everton. They probably should have won that. Conceded a 88th minute equaliser after going ahead. They got a. Those are the games you got to win. When you score in the 80th minute to go ahead. You've got to see it out as those teams. Those teams who are kind of, you know, potentially fighting against relegation, got to see those games out because... You had that as a draw as well, didn't you? I think I did, yeah. Yeah, I had it one all. Yeah, I had it five points from that game. Thanks for reminding me, yeah. Cheers. <laughs> great, great selection. But, um, no, they got a, they got a few players. When we, that was my selection when we went. Predictions stole mine again. Don't need to steal anything, mate. Too what? far behind me. Don't even come into the equation anymore. <laughs> like 10 um, of us do that this week. Well, a bit of early happening. Lingard, in his favoured number 10 role for Forrest, still quite hasn't quite 
performed as well as I think probably they were hoping. You know, it might come. Um, he's, 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 he's done he's done okay, but again, I'll go from this is to the other side of it. If you haven't played with players and you've got players that are coming in and out and in and new players coming in, that's going to take time to get to know players. But he seems to have a good rapport with Johnson, so you know you have you have to wait and see. But you know he's, he gets about the pitch. He, he does look dangerous in certain areas. Yes, he hasn't scored. He should have probably scored, but he played it onto his centre forward, who then scored. But um, he's looked he looked okay. Not pulled up any trees, but you know he's not been poor. No, um, Nico Williams, man of the match again. Now there's a right wing back. He uh, he's been playing right wing back for Forest, and he looks quality. Yeah, he's probably for me has probably impressed me more when I've watched Forest because he looks dangerous. He gets assists. He, he has shots on goals. So yeah, it's looking good for Wales for him because it's probably a good decision as well because he's played. He's stuck out for me the best. And the thing is, he um, he's playing in the position he's going to play for Wales, in the role yep. he's going to play for Wales. Brennan Johnson's up there. Hennessy's playing in the cup games. So, you know, there's um, some things to be positive about. Leicester struggling a bit down the bottom. They're big, yeah, got what's, a big going on what's going on with them? They've lost a few players, haven't they? I think Schmeichel... I, think, um, I don't think people have been, like, quite... Uh, like Schmeichel's a massive loss for him, I think, yeah. in yeah. the dressing room. Um, he was like Mr. Leicester, you know, yeah. club captain, etc. And, and you do you do miss them kind of characters because they're very vocal, and then suddenly you you changing rooms, quiet, yeah. and, everyone's think, and everyone's thinking, oh, what, what's going on? Yeah, and who's going to yeah. who's going to talk? Yeah, they got to get it sorted because they didn't start la- they didn't finish last season particularly well, um, and they've lost. Oh, they've drawn one of their last three games in the league. They've lost the last two. They drew and went through on penalties against Stockport last, last night, um, <clears throat> or Tuesday night, sorry. They lost to Southampton, and Southampton seems to be a bit of a mystery this year. They're um, very up and down. But I think um, it's just going to come down to who they can keep. Vardy signed a new contract um, just before kickoff on Saturday. They're just—they're not getting the ball to him. Um, if you've got Jamie Vardy up front, you've got to get the ball down the channels, in behind, put him in a position where he can get it one-on-one with the keeper. That's where he does his damage. Too many times when I've seen him this season, he's got the ball in front of the defenders, and he hasn't got that pace now that he had a couple of you know years ago, where he could knock it past the defender and just outpace them. He needs it in behind, so he's one-on-one with the keeper. Um, so that's something they got to address. It's, I think their survival, mate, and I know that sounds drastic. I think their survival comes down to if they hold on to Madison and uh, the I forgot what's the defender who's going to go to Chelsea um, for Fana. If they hold those two, then they've got a bet, much better chance of staying up. The problem being, if those two go before the window shuts, you've got no time to replace them. He looks like he's off in that for Fana. He's um, chaining chain the kids and all that business, so it's not good there. Yeah, I think like you've got him training with the kids. You've got that boy from Ajax, obviously, is uh, not on strike, but he's not turning up to training. They're going to fine him 50 grand a day, they said today, for every day he doesn't turn up. It's, they won. You may, When you've got a player like that who is forcing the issue... You've got and to they're being offered eighty million pounds. 
Yeah, well, that's it. Overpriced, so they just you know just do it, innit? Yeah, yeah. Because because nothing good. It gives you time. It gives you time to get the placements as well. Instead of messing about. Yeah, nothing good comes from holding those players. Now I understand they got a contract and you don't want to sell them and all the rest of it. But ultimately, when a player's decided, now I'm off, and no matter what happens, I'm going. So they don't train and they. You know, yeah, they're speaking out. in the media. You've got to get them out of there because all yeah. that's going to do is poison the dressing room. Yeah. Palace made 3 1 versus Villa. A couple of yeah. goals for Zaha. Again, old Pat, Paddy Vieira is loving it. Yeah, Pat, Palace looked good. Looked to watch them against, um, who was it, first game of the season? Arsenal. They come back and, and, and could have got a draw. And then, um, yeah, the second game. Who did they play the second game? Oh, anyway, and then, then yeah, the, the free one against Villa is very good. They'll play City on the weekend. They they won't be scared of going up there because they've had a few results up, up there of late. So yeah, they look decent. They look very good. Um, Sahas, dangerous. Eze, uh, they've got some exciting players then as well. Yeah, really exciting young footballers. And Vieira, yeah. they all seem to like playing for Vieira, which I think is key. Like well, when they've got, got, they had, they had a good base from with Roy Hodgson, didn't they? They've obviously. Yeah. He's expanded on that, and yeah, they're, they're, they're getting some good results. But they're what's, this, what's, Pal- what's Palace's ceiling, mate, in terms of the league? Tenth, eight, tenth. Any chance of the Europe? Eight, they should be going for eight, Europa League. Really, really, really good, but tenth, we'd be happy with. No, they were going to relegation every year, four or five yeah. years ago, three years ago. Yeah, I think ultimately, no. they if they're not in a relegation battle, then they've done their job, haven't they? Really, yeah. oh, yeah, but you know, top 10 if you can sneak a Europa League that's, or whatever, exactly. Um, Leave to Europa League, then it's that's no, but this time, the Premier League, you can't get much higher than that, can you? Really, no, not without you know, uh, a, a Saudi prince coming in, and yeah, no, that's not funded. Um, Champions League group stage draws been made, yeah. uh, Liverpool have got a very tough group, right? Have you seen it? Who've they got? Liverpool's group is Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli, Rangers. That's it. How's that? Hard? Tricky group. Uh, Napoli, I suppose Napoli have lost a couple of players now and they, they're bigger players. Napoli are good, man. And, and Ajax, Holland League and all the players have gone. Yeah, I suppose they've lost half their squad to United, haven't they? Yeah, and then you've got Rangers, you know. No disrespect. Rangers British are games. Well. They're always tough, though, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Games so with Rangers and stuff. Come on. Come on. They should yeah. win the group. Of course they should. Uh, Porto, Atletico, Bayer, Leverkusen, Bruges, uh, Bayern, Bar- Oof, Bayern, Barca, Inter Milan and Victoria Pleasant. They are going to get whooped to those, that, that fourth team, aren't they? We're, yeah, but we said that. Uh, we said that last year about someone and they were beating everyone, remember? Yeah, but come on. Bayern, Barca and Inter Milan. Come on, yeah, but you know, you'd be surprised. It's Champions League, they're no mugs, are they really? They've still got quali- must have beat some good teams to get through the qualifier to get there. Can you even tell me what country they're from? What, what's it called? Uh, Victoria Pleasant. Exactly, no, no, Norway. Uh, you reckon Norway? I reckon it'll be like Czech Republic or something like that. Uh, let's have a little Google. Um, but then, while I Google that, oh, uh, I'm Victoria, is it Australia? Victoria Pleasant. 
they are from the Czech League. Yes, my geography is back. Get in. Um, Tottenham have got a piss easy group, haven't they? Yeah, well, you said nothing. You said Marseille, it, though. Marseille, I think. Marseille, Sporting, Lisbon, and what was the other one? Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. You never yeah, know where no. those German teams yeah, are always well organised. It's ones that you look on paper and think, you know, they should be qualifying. Mm. It top two, if not winning it. Uh, AC Milan, Chelsea, uh, Red Bull, Salzburg, and Dynamo Zagreb could be tricky, potentially. Yeah. All, all, all the English teams have got really friendly, friendly groups. If in, yeah. in my opinion, that Liverpool one, yeah, they're um, like they should qualify, shouldn't they? Though all the English teams, easily. but then you look at if you look at them in, individually, what like cities, what cities? Uh, Man City, Seville. Oh, they always get an easy group, do they? Man City, Seville, Dortmund, and Copenhagen. Like, all right, well, Dortmund. Seville and Dortmund aren't really easy, are they? But you know. Away from so, home, they're all, they're all difficult games away from home. Well, that's what I was going to say about the Chelsea group. Whilst you think, look at it first first time round, you think, oh yeah, they'll win that group easy. But then they got to go away to Milan, away to Red Bull Salzburg in Germany, away to Russia. And like, I've been to that San Siro Stadium and I've never experienced noise like it. Trust me, it is crazy. Uh, other group, Paris, Juventus, Benfica and Maccabi Haifa. Uh, Madrid, Red Bull, Leipzig, uh, Shakhtar, and Celtic. Celtic could struggle in that group, I think. Um, so, yeah, some interesting groups, but most of them, I think, you can pick who's going to be the top two, really. Um, mixed draw, though, I think there's a couple of tough games there. Liverpool just got to make sure they get sorted. Man City could play their B team and probably still go through. Um, Chelsea got to get a striker in. Or they could be in trouble, is what I will say. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham got a good group. Of all those groups, Tottenham got the best group. So they should go through. Yeah, um, agreed. But, you know, it, it ultimately will come down to, you know, what's what. Um, so uh, as we look towards wrapping up, mate, I wanted to put this little quiz thing I came across to you. Um, so you've got a, I'm going to give you like a list of first names. And you've got to think of the greatest footballer that has got that first name, basically. Well, so you get the premise. Yeah. David. Beckham. Frank. Don't say it. Rijkaard. Ian. Rush. Good shout. John. Barnes. Kevin. Egan. Mark. Overmars. Good shout. Peter. Schmeichel. And Steve. Gerard. Good shout, mate, that is. You've done pretty well for that. That's that. Good uh, good five side squad, that is. Keep got a key even got a keeper in there as well. So uh, yeah. Looking only nice. the greatest keeper in the world. Yeah. Is he the greatest ever keeper for you? Like if you had to pick an all time eleven. Yeah, he's the best. Is Michael getting your shout? He's the best every I've time. Seen. He's the best I've seen. You know, you could argue with um, Buffon. Um, I else? never thought Neuer was um, as good as people. Uh, I like, yeah, yeah, yeah he had a good two, three years, but then he's tailed off a bit. And I'd put probably Bayern Munich fans are probably going with Oliver Kahn over Neuer. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm trying to think who else. 
so there you are. That's an interesting, kind of interesting question. What a team that was, by the way. You know, balance with Overmars on the left, Beckham on the right. Come on, love me some over Mars. Right then, you are all time eleven. Like just off the top reds. Who are you going? Keeper. So we'll just go four four two, just for the sake of argument. Keeper, you're going Schmeichel, are you? Um yeah, I would go Schmeichel or like do you know yeah, I can't there's a few you can make an argument for, but I'd always come back to Schmeichel. He was my guy when I was younger, so I'd get a stick with Schmeichel. Uh, right back, who's the greatest right back of all time? Oh, that's a difficult question, that, yeah. Frank Reichard played right back for the yeah, last he portion of his career. Yeah, but he's a midfielder, wasn't he? Maldini. Pro- left back, Ma- wasn't Maldi- he? Maldini will be on the left. Uh, probably, 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 I'll tell you what, probably, I'm going to go with... Zanetti. That, that's Inter- a great shout, mate. The Inter Milan, Argentina. Yeah, great shout. Um, what about Roberto Carlos? But no, I, I was I thought, I, for Madrid. I thought about him, but I thought, you know what? I'm Here we go. go. I got I'm going to go with a, a back four that's solid and not going to get beat. Right, so I'm going to go. Uh, so you'll go Zanetti. I'm going to go with Cafu as my right back. Um, left back. I've got a feeling we're both going to go for the same player, but let's discuss. Yeah, Maldini. Maldini eh, all day, and yeah. I think um, it's difficult to say anyone above Maldini. Um, centre backs, this could be interesting. Who oh, you got? Two centre backs. Easy for me. Franco Brazi and Rio Ferdinand. Interesting. So you've got Brazi, you've got Costa Curta, um, you've got Rio Ferdinand is up there, definitely. Matthias Zammer, remember him for Germany, yeah, German, German uh, centre back. But the, I think um, you got like the likes of Tony Adams. I think Tony Adams at the time was more John suited Perry. to a more modern day of football, like he liked to play from the back and that. Um, I'm trying to think, there's a couple of Italian centre backs in there. Who's the one? Um, Nesta. Nesta, that's the one. Um, who have Madrid had a centre back over the years? Ramos. Like, Ramos, I wouldn't have in there. Uh, uh, um, Herrera. Herrera. Who was the one who was captain with the big head? Oh, um, oh, that's for Barcelona, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Ivan Campo. Oh, Ivan Campo. Yeah, I played I played against him. Did you? Was he yeah. good, as good when, as when, uh... we, when we play against... when we play, uh, Obviously, you know I play for a charity side. Yeah. But when we go to a BIFA, we play in a BIFA side and he's in that BIFA side. <laughs> Would you have uh, Van Dijk on the first in, uh, game? On the first game, on the first game, he tried to hack me down in the penalty box. I've uh, the, someone's put a loose ball in the, in the middle of the park, and I've ran to cut it out. Jink pass one, jink pass another. Gone into the box to shoot, and he's come right across to us go swipe me out. But it's a good job I know. It's a good job I know how he plays. So a little cry if he slid past me, and I put it in a side netting. So um. And then he ruptured your ruptured your Achilles. No, that was then that was like it was like three years ago. This it was like it was, it was like two years before the pandemic. This, but we played him again, and we would have played him last year, but we didn't go to the pandemic. But we're going again this year at the end of September, so we play him again. But obviously, I can't play. Nightmare. You'd have to be like manager or something, mate. I don't want to. I'll be still going. Yeah, I said. 
Um, so who are you going for? You're going for Franco Baresi. Rio Ferdinand. And Rio Ferdinand. I'm going to go with um, Franz Beckenbauer. And uh, I can't decide between... Even though you've probably never seen a full game of him playing football. I've seen a 1966 World Cup final, mate. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with them. When he got beat for two. Yeah. I'm gonna, no, Cannavaro, I quite like. And Nesta. Um, oh, I can't decide because I really like Franco Barrio. Come on. No, I'm going to go. On this. Come on. I'm going to go Nesta and Cannavaro. Just oh, my center half is killing me. Killing nah, me. Nah. Franco Barrio is the best center half I've ever seen. And Rio Fernand is the best center half I've seen live. Yeah, I, I give you. I would. I don't disagree with yours. I just, I went with something different just for the sake of argument. Yeah. Um, just be awkward. Go on. Yeah. Center, center midfields, two centre backs, central midfield you're, players. You're like Max Kellerman. I'm Stephen A. That always be the way around. Just, yeah. just like that. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, Makaleli, Claude Makaleli, as my holding midfielder, just for the sake of it. And. Um, my other central midfielder is gonna be trying to think of it's trying to there's so many names, it's trying to think of like um like I look I it's difficult because I part of me wants to go with people who I think would make a good team and stuff. So like Roy Keane is always in my in my mind for like central midfielders and stuff like that. But then I look at like Zidane, Platini and um what was the Brazilian one who begins with Z? Uh, Dico. Dico. Um, Rude Hullet, Mateus. There's so many, like, just super talented centre midfielders over the years. It's very difficult to, to, to kind of pick it. No one's so actually, going to be able to touch my two centre midfielders. I'm, I'm going, I'm binning off um, Makaleli. He's shite. He's never going to <laughs> I go in my with... My two uh, centre midfielders be like that. Bing, 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 bing. Makaleli <laughs> like doing doggies. <laughs> I'm going Zidane. And... Um, oh, see, the temptation is like someone like Cruyff or someone like that. But um, I'm going to go with Zidane and Xavi. Xavi? Okay. I'm going to go with Zidane also. But I'm going to go with Roberto Baggio. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. Um, So I was going to have Baggio out on the right. But uh, it's all right. We'll say he's a centre midfielder. Um, So you've got right and left wing. Oof, controversial. Who's your left winger? Ronaldo, easy. Ronaldo, Messi. Okay, so you wouldn't play them through the middle. Yeah, I think that's uh, it. Basically, no. comes down to whether they're going to no. play up front. No. It? There's only there's only two people that I'm going to put up front. Well, it could be three, but this is going to be controversial. But no. it could be God, three. No. I think we'll we'll agree with Messi and Ronaldo on either wing. I think that's well. It, you've got you've got a choice of three, haven't you? It, you've got you. So you've got if you want. So it's either the choice of Maradona, Fat Ronaldo, or Pele. Fantastic. Yeah. I'd, I'd have. I would Maradona, have... Maradona's a certainty. And yeah. Because I've seen him and I've. And he's he kind of my. Either my neck mine. I can feel it. You're going to neck mine now. It would be Ronaldo. Okay. Um, so I was going to. I would go with um, a goal scorer. And then like a, a number ten type one. Maradona will be my number ten. 
Yeah. And I'd have um, Rude Van Nistelrooy as my striker. Mm. Controversial, I know, maybe, but uh, the boy guy was just a machine. And I mm. just, because of that time, I was Mate. watching like Wait, every come United on. game. Come on. I, I agree with I you. I know Fat Ronaldo is it was in his pomp was yeah. incredible. You're talking but about just, you're talking about goals. Pelly scored over a thousand goals. I know. And look, when I saw Ronaldo play against United at, I think it was at Old Trafford. I was there. He scored a hat trick. Yeah. Mid he was unplayable that night. And I mean there was not a defender. He was well past it by then though. I know. He was well past it by then. He was putting on weight and he still did that. I'm talking about in his peak. Uh, yeah, 90, 98, 99. Before he had that fit before the World Cup when that before, before, World Cup before that and after that, he was he was he was even when he was at Barcelona, some of the goals he scored, you're thinking you've never seen nothing like it. Uh yeah, he, Romario as well, just players yeah. like oh my god. Them two play Romario, Ronaldo, Rivaldo, and uh, this Ronaldo, is what people, right. Come on. This is what makes you name me, me a better. Name me a better three than that: Ronaldo, yeah. Ronaldinho, Rivaldo. Uh, Ronaldinho, mate, was just unreal. Like no, this, Ronaldo, Tevez, Rooney. That's probably up there as well. But then but three, Ronaldo, yeah, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, Ronaldo. When they're all in the pump, oh my god. Yeah. But this is what makes me laugh, mate. Right? We're like we're talking about these players. These players are literally. Of some of the best ever, like on their day, you couldn't do anything about them and wanting to do yeah. it. But Real then Dino people like Pogba him. and Griezmann and and all these no, people no, recently, no, no, Neymar, no. who no. like their fanboys will be like, oh, they no. you know they're up there with no. Messi and Ronaldo, and it's no. like, no. mate, the only two players who compare to all those other footballers that we just discussed is Ronaldo and Messi. Only ones who come close to it. Maybe if Ronaldinho went to the French league, you would see <laughs> you would see highlights every single week. You don't see any, you don't see anything with Neymar. I mean, Ronaldinho was special. He was. I mad. reckon Ronaldinho could still do it in the French league. Oh, he was. He was. He was. Oh, he was so quick. But then, obviously, Messi's come behind him as well. Yeah, just unreal. Well, who's the manager? Who's the manager of your Alex Ferguson. all-time 11? The Alex Ferguson. So, here's a choice then, right? If you were building your all-time 11, but you're only allowed to have one Ronaldo, in their that's, absolute... That's, when they're at their absolute peaks, you can only have one of them. Fat, Which fat one Ronaldo. would you have? Fat Ronaldo. So you, you take Fat Ronaldo over Cristiano. In their peaks? Yeah. 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 Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But then... Cristiano Ronaldo scoring like 50, 60 goals a season. I understand that, but in their peak, mm. he would score that many goals. Okay. What about if you could only have one off? You've know, you got to remember, it's a totally different game now. It was a defensive yeah. game back then. It was back, you know, it's a lot more offensive. Now. This is why it makes well, me physical laugh. physical as well. It's, it's a lot, it makes me laugh when um, they talk about some of the players at United's stats and it was a totally different game. If they played, the, the certain United players played in an offensive like some teams now, they would get a hatful. Mm. But, yeah, they're not in, not in the same league, these Griezmanns, Pogba's. Not oh. in the same. So if you put yeah. Pogba, Zidane, Zidane, and then we're coming to a game at Old Trafford once, this is when Juventus were in their pomp. 
And I swear to God, for 90 minutes, he did not give the ball away once. He was just like a magician, just floating about Old Trafford. But he's not like passing two yards back to the defenders. No, he's no. playing these like outside yeah. of his foot, inside the fullbacks, yeah. and dancing over the ball, doing all these rollovers, all this ding, ding, little jinks. No, he was unbelievable. And he's not small either. He's like six foot odd, so he's a big yeah. fella, big boy. All right, and lastly, if you could only have one of Ronaldo or Messi in their pomp in your side, which one would you pick? Ronaldo. No surprise there, is it? Um, no. When you had to pick a left winger, was Ryan anywhere near consideration? Uh, yeah, we yeah, but you he's got, got to be in the conversation. Yeah, you? you got to be in the conversation, but you know, if you left foot of Messi on that wing, Ronaldo on the right, yeah. Beckham, Beckham was he was someone I was contemplating on my right, and it was only when I started to think, well, actually, I want Ronaldo and Messi, but I also want. Maradona yeah. and it's, you know, it's, all these others to come and see so it's certain, certain these you know would they have fitted into certain teams of the past you know Beckham was that midfield you know it's the best form best quartet midfield the Premier League's ever seen yeah. no, name me a stronger for the midfield you just can't do it um, you could even name a five a five man midfield and it still wouldn't be as, as good it was so, the perfect mix of skill yeah. and aggression as well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, they, and they had a perfect fill-in as well if any of them got injured, you know, if Keane got injured or, or Skulls got injured, but was straight there because he was he was just as good on his day. Yeah, he, I think Dickie Butt doesn't get the credit he deserves, actually, for how good of a footballer he was. But, you know, David Beckham makes me laugh when I, I see some people saying, oh, he's just overrated. He was just good at dead balls. No, 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 everywhere no. he went, yeah, every no. club he went to yeah. was phenomenal. Even when he went to Milan in his, like, 34, 35, still banging you've got to be unreal balls. You've got to be live to watch uh, David Beckham. The guy doesn't walk. He just runs. He's constantly working for his team, constantly getting in space, constantly whipping balls in. Uh, 60 yard balls, five yard balls, all on the money. He was just a, a technician and proper team player, but everything was world class what he did. Everything to his work rate, to his passing, to his tackling, to his, his tracking back, to his offensive play. Even if you put him in the midfield, midfield, you know, he played the Champions League final in the midfield. That's where he started, really. He was a centre midfielder. He only adapted to go to right wing and he became one of the best right wingers in the league. So, yeah, he was, he was a fantastic footballer. Passing was just off the charts. The work, only um... work, but his work rate, mate. His work rate. Even when he's, you, know, you see him when he played for England, it, it inspired others because you know he wasn't a shout and a baller. He, you know, yeah. he led by example by his work rate, and, and people just followed him. The only footballer I've seen um, who was more accurate, like um, consistently with a, like a long ball, was Zidane. Like the amount of times that Beckham would spray a 60, 70-yard pass and it would be like on a five-pence, just on the on your brother's foot, just... Yeah, well, Scholes was just equally as... Yeah, yeah, I'll play. give you that. Scholes, Zidane, Beckham. I'm trying to think if anyone else springs... Gerard, just a, yeah, consistency, Gerard a though. Gerard, Gerard had a good, very good range as well. Yeah. Just Van, the, Dyke, um, Van Dyke's not bad at it, but just not at the, at the level. Beckham could just zip, like... 60, 70, 80 yard balls, and it'd be like 
30 yard in the air, but it'd be like a bullet. Mm. Power he had. And then them, obviously them free kicks, you've seen them. Technique. You know, his loads, yeah. The technique where his, where his foot actually comes off the ground. And, and it under pressure, mate, as well. That grease goal, people don't understand like the importance of that free kick. Like no, England no, were that, that was that that was a rare occurrence that though, mate, because he, he he usually only has one. He had about four or five that day, so he's had a few sighters, but you mm. still got you still got to do it under that pressure. Hundred percent, mate. So you um, just lastly, mate, uh, Real Ferdinand, you said best best central defender you've ever seen. We'll see a lot of close, close to Yapstam a close second. Yeah, I see a lot of um, Liverpool fans, football fans. More you know, younger than us, saying Virgil Van Dijk is up there with the best ever in terms of centre backs. To me, look, in, in my opinion, Virgil Van Dijk is probably the best centre back in the world at the moment. However, I do not consider him to be in the same league as Baresi, Ferdinand, some you know, Costa Curtis, the Nestors of the world. I just don't quite put him in that thing. That's not to say he's like I'm saying he's rubbish. No, I just I don't quite put him in the elite tier. He's only been elite for the last three years. Yeah. No, you look at these players. They they were there for a long, long time. Brazy obviously was with Milan for a long time. Ferdinand was West Ham, then Leeds, and then United. But um, and you know Van Dijk started Celtic and then Southampton and. So, yes, and now he seems to be a bit getting a bit complacent, which is which is a surprise. But no, he's a world class centre half. All it needs is him to flick a switch, and he'll be back back to the Virgil Van Dijk that we've seen. But people will target him now. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. As soon as you see those defenders getting a bit complacent, you've got to you know, yeah. cut them out. Like, um, right, guys, girls, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you are listening on Spotify, make sure you sign up to patreon.com slash ace podcast nation. And then you can watch live on the video, ask your questions and uh, get involved in the chat. So you've missed out on the all time 11 chat this evening. We could have watched live and got involved. It's only like two quid a month or something. Patreon.com slash ace podcast nation. Join us. And uh, of course, you know, check out all the other good stuff. Got an absolute belt in. Uh, my story next week so make sure you check that out Tuesday at 8 o'clock me and Rodri will be back on Thursday join us uh, Rodri has always made a pleasure nice one buddy up on capo Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>